Kings. If you have your Bibles, 1 Kings 17 this evening. 1 Kings 17. I'm going to read the first seven verses in just a moment. Back in 2003, Dorothy Fletcher was flying on an airplane and she had a heart attack. And at 35,000 feet is not where you want to have a heart attack because time is of the essence. The stewardess did her job and she asked over the intercom, she said, we've had a uh, woman, she's having some heart issues. Are there any doctors on this flight? And 15 cardiologists on their way to a convention were on that flight. I suppose if you want to have a heart attack somewhere, that would be the place to do it. In business is the expression, right place, right time. The actual business expression is right people in the right place at the right time. There's something about place and time that God is very interested in. Very important to life. Ecclesiastics 9 verse 11. I, Solomon says, I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner does not always win the race. And the strongest warrior does not always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated, uh, those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. But it is decided by chance being in the right place at the right time. This is the New Living Translation version of that scripture. And it tells us that life's not always about just skill and talent and ability. But sometimes it's just simply being in the right place at the right time. Pastor Mitchell made the statement many times, you have nothing to fear being in the center of the will of God. 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning in verse 1, we're going to read. We're introduced to a man here named Elijah. Elijah. And it says, Now Elijah, who was from the Tishabite in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. And the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide at Cherith Brook, there uh, and near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens give you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Cherith Brook, east of the Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Very interesting here that God tells Elijah 
Go to a very specific place and I will help you. This is not one off in the Bible. There are many different times where God said location is critical to your blessing. As well as timing, but which we'll look at in just a minute. One strategy of the devil is to remove you from the place where God wants to bless your life. This is a strategy of hell. God works, uh, the devil works against this. In Luke chapter 4, we read in the temptations of Jesus Christ that he's moving to uh, move Jesus. He's trying to tempt him to move him out of this spiritual place that God had called him. This can be spiritual as well as it is physical. It can be seen in uh, uh, ministry or different other areas just as much uh, as it's seen in uh, just where your address is. But God does this. Location is very important. Genesis 12, God tells Abraham, the covenant of Abraham, leave your father's house uh, and your, your family and go into a land that I will show you. And Abraham began to travel, and he got to the land that God uh, had told him about. Uh, but the problem was there was a severe famine in the land. In verse 10 of Genesis 12, at that time a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abraham to go down to Egypt where he lived as a foreigner. Now as he goes, he's leaving where God had told him to go. He's now going down to Egypt, a picture of the world rather than of God's resources. And as he goes down there, disaster strikes. He almost loses his marriage. He almost loses his destiny because he has to tell his wife when they first get there, hey, honey, you're you're gorgeous. You are drop-dead gorgeous. And they're going to kill me and take you as, a, as, a wife, as their wives. And so just tell them you're my sister. And in the process, God shut up all the wombs. There were problems. Probably miscarriages were happening. uh, And uh, they put it together. This all started when that woman showed up. So let's go talk to her brother, which we found out later was her husband. and, and And he has to return. And we'll look at that in just a minute. But the thought there is he goes out of the promises and the blessing and the protection of God. Location can keep you. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 11 through 13, and the younger widows should not be on the list because their physical desires will overpower their devotion to Christ and they will want to marry, to remarry. Then they would be guilty of breaking their previous pledge and they are, and if they are on the list, they should learn uh, they, they will learn to be lazy and spend their time gossiping from house to house, meddling in other people's businesses, talking about things that they shouldn't. Here it says, you know what, in this text, in context, there were no welfare systems. There was no support. It was a very different society. And Paul says the problem with the, that in this situation, uh, that they'll wander, they'll move spiritually speaking, and be in the wrong place. They'll start gossiping, start speaking things, putting their nose in other people's businesses that they don't belong in, and all sorts of issues. 
People can be moved for all sorts of things. I've seen people moved for money, for pleasure, for relationships, because this place will offer me ministry. I've seen people moved because they have believed the lies of the devil that, oh, it will be better over there. Lot separates from Abraham, and the next time we read about him, he's in Sodom. I don't know about you, but you, believe it or not, Sodom as a place, as an actual location, a mailing address, still exists. Would you want to live there? Not me, thank you very much. Right? The, the, the thought is we find Lot living there. That he's centered on this. He's focused on that. He's now moved out of the blessing of God. He's going to lose two of his uh, children. He's going to lose his wife. He's going to end up uh, living in caves, afraid of people. Proverbs 16.25, there's a path before each person that seems right, but the end, but it ends in death. A way, a course of life, a decision you are making. You know, Naaman is a Syrian general. We'll talk about him a little bit more in a few minutes, but he's a Syrian general. This is found in 2 Kings 5. He goes to Elisha. And Elisha says, you want to be healed of your leprosy? Go dip in the Jordan. And his first response are, aren't there better rivers in Syria? And to be honest, yes. The Jordan's not a very nice river. There would be better rivers in Syria, better mountains that the water would come out of, better waterway, absolutely. But he's complaining about the location that God had picked for him. Finally, one of his servants talks him into doing it, and he gets healed. God tells Elijah, Elijah in our text to go somewhere very specific. This was probably not of Elijah's choosing. But it was where he wanted him to be, where the blessing would be. Elijah could have said, I know a better brook, I'm going there. But he would have missed the ravens. He would have missed the protection of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 18, But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where He wants it. God put the parts where He wants it in the body physical and the body spiritual, the church of Jesus Christ. There's also the issue of wrong timing. My son has two golden retrievers. And they're great dogs. I really love both of them, Tucker and Piper. They're just, they're good dogs. When I go down there, they, they love me. And, and I've got pictures just recently when I was down there sitting on the couch. One's on one side, one's on the other. They're just going to, it's great. Take them for a walk. Tucker's mellow. Tucker is the boy. Tucker wants to smell everything. Piper is the hyper one. She's the ADD 
dog. The ADDD, I guess. She's like, huh, 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 right? And if there's a squirrel or a person or a bird or whatever, she wants to go investigate it. So often when you're walking the dogs, Tucker's stopping and it's like, come on, dude, come on. He wants to smell everything. And Piper's trying, <laughs> trying to run ahead. There are people, God's trying to move them, and they ain't moving. And there's others, God's trying to slow them down, and they're choking. You can move on things too early or too late. The children of Israel, the, ten, the 12 spies go into the land. The 10 spies come back with a bad report. The people of Israel believe the bad report. They say we're not going in. Moses says, come on, people. They don't do it. They refuse. They rebel. And Moses gets upset. And they miss out. And finally, they a, couple of, a little while later says at the end of chapter 14, they got up early the next morning. They went to the top of the hill and they said, let's go. We realize we've sinned, but now we're ready to enter the land that the Lord had promised us. But Moses said, why are you disobeying the Lord's orders? Return to the wilderness. It won't work. Do not go into the land now. You will only be crushed by your enemies because the Lord is not with you. The Bible says they went in and they uh, tried to attack on their own strength and they ended up uh, being chased back uh, very far because they went in at a wrong time. You can do the right thing. God did promise them the land, but they had missed the time because they were first uh, ahead and then behind and, and it didn't work out for them. You can miss God on your timing. Even though it's an actual promise that God wants to do. They said no when they should have said yes. And they said yes when they should have said no. Song of Solomon chapter 8 verse 4. Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until the time is right. Now this is talking about passion. It's talking about yeah, a whole bunch of things there. But he says, you got to understand there's a right time for that. Don't awaken it too early. Don't miss that. Hebrews 12, 17, for you know that afterwards, speaking of Esau, when he wanted to inherit his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. Time. We read about Gehazi. He's out of time. He's totally doing something. This is this is after Naaman gets healed. The general, the general that we talked about, he dumped. And so when he comes back to Elijah, he wants to give him all sorts of gifts, money and gold and changes of clothes and all sorts of things. And, and Elisha refuses. And the reason why he refuses is that's the way pagan mindset was either I buy it ahead of time or I have to pay for it afterwards that's a pagan mindset and so Elisha says 
It's grace, man. Just go your way. This was to teach this pagan man who the Lord God was. But Gehazi says, money? Clothes? And he runs after Naaman and he says, you know what? My master changed his mind. And so he asked for some things. And, you know, Naaman was so grateful that he was cleansed of life. He said, you know what? You want a thousand? Take two. You want two changes? Take five. He's just, he's, he's, he wants to make sure and, 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 and do this. And the Bible says that when he came back, Elisha said to him, this is first, second Kings 5, 26. Do you not realize that I was there in the spirit when Naaman stepped down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the time to receive money or clothes or olive groves or vineyards or sheep or cattle or male and female servants? Is this the time to do it? He's not saying that any of that is wrong. He's just saying, is this the time? Timing is very important. Our text tells us that God puts an address on blessing. There's an address on provision. There's an address on what God has for your life. Pastor Mark Olson gave a very vivid illustration many, many years ago when he was pastoring in the Philippines in Davao City. He talked about two sisters that had gotten saved. And the Philippines have some tremendous opportunities to go to much of Southeast Asia. When I preached in Abu Dhabi, it was a church full of Filipinos. I think they said in, a, in that city there were upwards, at, at the peak of the building boom in Abu Dhabi, there were 80,000 Filipinos. Incredible amount of people. And so they're there, and, and so she has this opportunity. They both have this opportunity to leave, but one of them says, no, I'm staying. The other one says, I'm going to go and make money. And she goes off to a place, I don't know where she went exactly, and it's Southeast Asia, but she went off to make money. At first, the one who left, all things looked much better. There was money coming in, there's money going back to the Philippines, it's all good. The one who decided to stay and obey God found a young man, got married, eventually got sent out. Somewhere along the lines, though, the money stopped flowing. When the sister came back, they began to find out that there was much disaster in this. After a little while of working as a domestic servant, she was trafficked, raped and abused, sent home, not rich, but actually bitter. The decision you make to be at the right place at the right time is critical for your future. First Kings 17.5, so Elijah did as the Lord told him. And he camped beside Kirith Brook. 
east of the Jordan. You have to make that decision to be at the right place, to do the right thing. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, many of us know that trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all that you do, and He will show you which path to take, which way to go, where He wants you to be. God's faithful at that. His voice is not broken, and His Spirit still moves. God wants to direct you into blessing. This could be relationships, jobs, ministries, future, whatever it might be. There's plans and places. There's also the issue of right timing. As I mentioned before, you can do the right thing, but at the wrong time. To be in the correct phase with God. Children of Israel were out of phase. As God said yes, they said no. As God said no, they said yes. But God has important timing to be in phase. One person said that timing serves a role to uphold the cohesive order and orchestrates the natural flow of events. Actions fall into place because of universal timing. When it's combined with a symphonic uh, uh, symphony, uh, symphony, it brings those events into the awareness to seize your attention. God has a way of showing you where He wants you to be at what time. He's, he's absolutely amazing. There, there are some times I've heard people, they've taken different routes home and they ran into somebody or something happened. Probably the greatest illustration came out of South Africa. A man had worked late. He was vexed working late. It bothered him. He was frustrated. He's like, man, i got to stay and clean up this mess. He stays and cleans up. And as he's walking home, he hears an assault going on. These two men are assaulting this young woman. Just off the road, he's still vexed. He's thinking, I shouldn't, do, I shouldn't go in. I, you know, uh, I got to. So he goes in. He scares off the men. They run away. He's yelling at them. The girl's face crying, hiding her face, and she looks up and she goes, Daddy? It's his own daughter. God orchestrated timing like that. Ecclesiastics 3.1, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. God has specific things for you to do and where to go. He knows the right timing. Galatians 6.9, do not be weary in doing good. Or do not, let's not get tired of doing good, what's good. For at the right time, we will harvest a blessing if we don't give up. It's very interesting, that word in the Greek is the word that we get chromatic. Chromatic, a specific time. As a musician, one thing I hate, because they're always right, and that means that I'm not, is a metrodome. Timing. Timing of God is perfect. 
Often we're in a rush, or we're not willing to move when God says move or something. But God's timing is perfect. Because this is where the blessing of God flows. William Tyndale said, Our obedience is essential aspect of God's protecting grace. Bringing the meat would be God's unfailing provision. Blessing cannot be measured in simply a bank account's balance or some other physical object. You can't measure blessing in that. Because blessing goes far beyond that. Think about this. The ravens brought him, verse 6, the ravens brought him bread and meat every morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. The brook was there. The brook was flowing. The brook was something that was right in front of him. The word cherith, it actually comes from the word to cut or the thought of a covenant. The thought of actually making a covenant or the place where God's relationship flows. Brooks flow. I want to drink stagnant water. Brooks flow. It's a place that will sustain your soul. The ravens. Noah put out a raven. You know, he put out a dove. He put out a raven. The raven comes back. He puts out a raven. It comes back. He puts it out again. And it doesn't come back. And the reason why it didn't come back? Probably found some dead bodies to feast on. They're not very nice animals. They're very, very selfish animals. Ravens don't share. Ravens get meat or bread in their mouth, they will swallow it. And yet God causes these selfish creatures to be the sustaining force for the man in his will, in his place. Ravens are unbelievably selfish. If you read in Genesis 15 when... Abraham is cutting the covenant. And this is a vision he has. He cuts the cow and waiting. And it's a whole uh, interesting story. But the ravens come and he has to fight them off. They're stealers. They're thieves. And yet God takes these stealers and thieves for his provision and blessing. There's divine Supply, divine protection, and divine satisfaction in being at the right place at the right time. This is the wonder of God. Genesis 26. It says there was a severe famine that now struck the land as it happened before in Abraham's time. This is now Isaac. Because how many know economies go up and economies go down? So Isaac moved to Gear, where King Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, lived. And the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt, but I will tell you, uh, but do as I tell you. So he hears this, and there's promises, and there's covenant. But verse 6 says, So Isaac stayed in Gear. He stays. 
makes the decision. God, want, God told me, don't go down to Egypt. I'm staying here. He sows in the land. He does this in verse 26. And when Isaac planted his crop that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted for the, for the Lord blessed him. One of the things I might do, I'm just praying about it, I'm thinking about it, but I think what we might do is show a couple of real classic Christian movies this winter. And one of them is called Faith, by, Faith Like Potatoes. It's a great story about a man who, he play, God tells him to plant tomatoes. He's moved out of, uh, uh, what's that? Potatoes, that's what I said. Sound tomatoes? I said potatoes. I did say potatoes. Anyway, I don't know what you heard, but I said potatoes. But anyway, must be the Boston thing anyway. And so, but he plants potatoes, potatoes, and and it, it's one of the worst droughts South Africa has in 15 years. And when he digs it up, I won't spoil the movie, but let's just say it's good. When you obey God, God's blessing is there. He digs up potatoes, has a great harvest. He actually makes enough money to pay off the farm. Right place and right time can change. Some people get nostalgic for the old ways when God's trying to do something new. In verse 7, it tells us that the, after a while, the brook dried up. Sometimes, I believe God will move. There's times, I, I played in a music group, and it just ran its course. It's just like, you know what? It's time to move on. I... I it was just the music. It was okay. Just personalities, whatever. And it was time to just start a new one, to do something different, play a different genre. Classic. You know the best, Randy. The best music people they don't get today. But anyway, in ministry, there's times where God might move you into a different place, a different level, a different purpose. He'll use circumstances sometimes. It's very interesting to me, Genesis 31. Jacob has been working for his father-in-law Laban for many years now, 20 years. And Jacob now had been blessed. They worked out some kind of deal and it was working out better for Jacob than for Laban. And, but the Bible says, and, but Jacob learned that Laban's sons were grumbling about him. Jacob has robbed our father of everything. He's gained his wealth at our father's expense. Jacob began to notice a change in Laban's attitude towards him. Then the Lord said, Return to the land of your father and your grandfather and to your relatives there, and I will be with you. Sometimes God changes. He's going to take now Elijah. He's going to speak to him. He's going to say, Go to Zarephath. Zarephath is very interesting because it's actually very near the hometown of Jezebel, the one who is looking actually to kill him. It's actually near where she was born in her father's house. And so it's very interesting that God sends him there. But God will use circumstances to get our attention to speak to our hearts. But let me tell you that not every bad circumstance means that it's time to quit or move. You better hear from God. 
Ah, well, this is men, you know. Read a statistic of those who are going to get a divorce. Lawyers on the phone, divorce. Turned around and said no. Five years later, 78% of them did not, did not regret it. Said, you know what, circumstances hadn't changed, but they realized, you know what, this is dumb. Five years later, they were very grateful that they did not act on that. But if God's moving you, it's so that He can help you and possibly others. Think about this. Verse 17, 1 Kings 17, 8 and 9. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near Sidon. I've instructed a widow there to feed you. Now, he goes, he finds a widow, she's collecting sticks, and she says, I'm going to bake one more cake, and then we're going to cook it, and we're going to die. Me and my son. And he says, make me a cake first. And the Bible says that the whole time until the rain fell, the meal in her barrel did not disappear, and the oil in her, in her cruise did not disappear. That's fascinating to me. Because not only does this now save Elijah, now it's saving someone else. God had a new blessing, a new purpose in Zarephath that he wanted to do. Something great. Sometimes, you know, God will deal with you. It's time to change jobs. It just works out better. You meet somebody. You, you It's just what God speaks to you. Don't change jobs just because the boss was angry with you or because you screwed up. Remember one time I was working in the alarm company and I I had done the checklist and uh, for the fire alarms every day a fire alarm would send in a code and it got to the point where I just check them off and I wouldn't even think because they'd all come in at the same time. But one of the companies had a outage. And so their alarm kicked back on a couple of hours later, but it threw off the list. Because one would come in at 2.15, and one would come in at 2.17, and one would come in at 3.02, and this kind of thing. And I would just be used to just, this is the list that came on. And so one of them faulted. And so I sent the, I sent the guy to the wrong company. That alarm was fine. And I remember walking in that next morning, realizing I heard that this had happened. And I'm like, oh God, help me with the boss, I know he's going to yell at me and, you know, he's rebuke me and whatever, I'm, you know, help me with it. And he goes, Keith, you sent us to the wrong company. <laughs> I've done that before. And so he was like, oh, that's a bad rebuke. I could live with that, you know. Circumstances aren't enough. You got to hear from God. Make sure you do. Others were blessed. God was moving In Zarephath, two things I want to end with, and one is they're the come from the leader, the founder of our fellowship. Pastor Mitchell had moved to Prescott, Arizona, just because it was a nice place to raise a family. He wasn't really looking; he was discouraged in the ministry. He was discouraged with the denomination. There were a lot of frustrations going on, and so he just said, "You know what? I have this opportunity. I'm going to take it." God put him in the right place at the right time. God began to pour out his spirit. God began to help him. And yet he felt overwhelmed. 
He felt underqualified for what God was doing. A friend of his had told him about a prophetess. If you just call her, she'll tell you what to do. And so he does. He calls her and he says, uh, she picks up the phone and, and I think immediately she said, I've been waiting for your call. You need to leave the place you're at. But something in his heart went, no, that's not God. She went on to say that God had spoken and so hung up the phone and genuinely, thank God he didn't listen to her. Because the revival that was happening. There's times you may feel you're in the wrong place or you're not in the right place at the right time or you're in the right place at the wrong time, which is a whole nother great song, by the way. But there are all of these scenarios. But you know what? If you'll just listen to God, God has the ability to put you at the right place at the right time. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Maybe you're here this evening. You're in the right place at the right time if you're not a Christian. Because now you have an opportunity to become a Christian. God wants to help you. I know a couple that they were invited to church. And rather than going to, they told their friends, oh, we'll go to church. But rather than going to church, they went to a hockey game. That night, they were in a serious car accident. Their friends came over and told them, you should have been in church. And thank God my in-laws got saved that night. But God puts you in the right place to hear the right message about getting your heart right with God. And if you're here this evening, you're not right with God, you need to be born again. Or you're backslidden away from God. You moved When God said yes, you said no. When God said no, you said yes. Something along those lines. You've put yourself out of the will of God. You want to come back. Slip up your hand very quickly. Pray for me. I need to get my heart right with God. I need God to move, forgive me, and minister to my life. Anyone at all, very quickly. Changing the call then to Christians. We have opportunities to be in the right place. If you'll hear from God, God's voice does speak. Again, God's voice will never, ever conflict with the Word of God. He's not going to tell you the will of God is for you to go out and rob a bank. It's not biblical. Then God's not speaking to you about that. But I can tell you that God is able to speak and guide and direct you if you'll simply allow Him to help you. Let's all stand. We're going to open up these altars. Find a place to pray. If you want to talk to God, we're going to sing this song, I'm Forgiven.
give him praise and worship him. Father, we love you. We glorify you, God. Oh, God, 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 God